This is To Be Fair NI. The Pills Project podcast celebrating the activists and allies using the law to change lives. In each episode, we'll give you a seat at the Pills table and bring you into our public interest world to give you a sense of the work that we're doing on a daily basis in Northern Ireland. Welcome to To Be Fair NI. I'm Emma Cassidy, your host for today's first episode in Series 1. A real milestone day for the Pills Project. For any listeners who are hearing about our project for the first time, the Public Interest Litigation Support Project, or PILS for short, is Northern Ireland's first organisation to be completely dedicated to building legal challenges in the wider public interest. And these are court cases that are all about making life better for all of us, not just the person or the group of people who are actually taking the case itself. Pills wanted to start a podcast to show how the law can be put to work for the benefit of all of us. We wanted to inspire. We wanted to give credit to the people who are doing this powerful work, often under the radar and on a shoestring budget. We wanted also to show human rights activists how they can use legal tools to build solutions to large scale, real life problems. Each episode will usually feature a one to one interview with a special guest showcase some examples of our project's current work on a particular topic or legal issue. And all of this will be bookended with discussion and chats from the Pills Project staff team. Series one is going to be all about introductions to our project, what motivates us, to three specific priority areas that we're currently working on, and an introduction as well to some of the human rights organisations in Northern Ireland that we're partnering with to use the law to change lives. But we'll kickstart the episode with an introduction to the four humans that make up the small and mighty staff team at the Pills Project with a conversation recorded in our office. We really hope you enjoy episode one of To Be Fair NI. So yes, how are we feeling? (laughs) Grand. (laughs) So far so good, haven't had a sailing thing. I feel like this is the strangest day to be recording it when we're all just huddling around microphones and it's a cold day at the office and everybody's going to try and be coherent but we'll be fine this will be fine recording it on a Monday afternoon I'm like was that my best idea in the world I don't really know but as this is the first episode in the series this is going to set up what listeners can expect throughout the rest of series one there is a plan I don't know if it sounds like it, but there, there is a plan. There's a format. There's a structure for how these episodes are going to work. So um, we're going to bring everybody hopefully right into the Pills office so that they can hear the sort of things that we're talking about every day, the issues that are coming into our inboxes, um, the topics that are getting us excited, annoyed, irritated, motivated, um, and then also then speak to somebody 
a little bit more in depth about a particular issue that they're facing. That could be somebody that we work with from one of our member organisations. It might be somebody from an institution that we're working with or a local law school, but there'll be time for more in-depth conversation and then there'll be a little bit of a wrap up at the end. So you'll get to hear from the PILS team a few times during each of the episodes in series one. Um, but. This is the first episode in series one. So before we get into what the topic for today's episode is, it probably makes a good idea to introduce everybody that is huddling around the microphones in the office today. Um, so I'll start with myself because mine's the first voice that you're all hearing. I'm Emma Cassidy. I'm the senior engagement lead with the Pills Project. I am a greyhound rescuer and I am the voice that you may or may not have heard on our first mini-series. Um, sitting around the microphones with me are, you'll hear their voices in a second, but we have Maria McCluskey, the director of the Pills Project, um, very proud activist lawyer. We have Hilary Perry, who has come all the way from the Maritimes in Canada to be our membership coordinator. And last but by no means least, we have another brilliant lawyer in Kate Barry, who is our pro bono coordinator and also the organiser of Belfast's friendliest singing session. I'm just going to get plugs in for everything. Now's the time that everybody else can say hello and I'll lean back from the microphone so that Maria can speak. Hello everyone. <laughs> to all our listeners, thank you for joining us. Um, my name is Maria, as Emma has said. I'm the director and the solicitor at The Pills Project. I have come from most recently the Children's Law Centre and prior to that I was in private practice for over 14 years with Napier Solicitors. So um, I'm now in the space that I want to be working in, in terms of human rights law and also in a place where hopefully we can help support those strategic challenges that will bring about widespread change for um, disadvantaged and minority groups. So thank you for listening. Hi everyone, uh, my name's Hilary and as Emma mentioned, uh, I am from Canada. So I trained as a lawyer there um, and practiced as litigation counsel for the Department of Justice. I've always wanted to work at an organization that focused on strategic public interest litigation. And so I was delighted when about a year after arriving in Belfast, I found a post at the Pills Project and I've been happily here ever since. <laughs> Hi there, my name's Kate Barry. Um, my background is as a corporate lawyer, well, a real estate litigator in corporate practice for years, so very far away from human rights. But while I was at my last firm, I helped set up the pro bono team in our regional office here in Belfast and got working on projects such as abuse against elders, an Indian Supreme Court case on uh, sex offenders, working on UN projects around refugees and selling their own goods and products from across one side of the world to another whilst they're in refugee camps and it it was brilliant and I really loved it and gave up private practice and then this job came up here at Pills to be pro bono coordinator which kind of fitted in perfectly uh, not least because every day is a completely different thing on my desk and that's the fun and the challenge of it all. It's exciting. And that's probably going to be the fun and the challenge of this podcast as well, because in a way we're hoping that this series and hopefully subsequent series reflect that 
completely diverse, slightly unpredictable, fascinating series of subjects that come into us every single day. And just to explain a little bit on my background as well, um, I am the non-lawyer in the room, studied law, but unlike everybody else, I haven't practiced in my career, but where I have worked has been in quite similar organisations that are very focused on public interest or strategic litigation. Um, I've always been working in the communications offices of organisations that use the law in a strategic way um, in various different places around Europe. But one of the things that I was very keen to do when I joined PILS five years ago last week um, was to start a podcast. And I'd been probably talking about it since I joined the organisation. But when Maria came in to post as director, that was one of the things that you were really encouraging. I remember when we were first sitting down to talk about ideas and things we might do, how supportive you were and how encouraging when I said, and I think Pills could have a podcast. So it's lovely to finally be sitting down and actually be doing this together as a, as a team of four. But I suppose we'll start from the very beginning. The The title of this series is To Be Fair NI. And I was just going to give a little bit of background on where the name came from. Obviously, our work is all very focused on human rights and equality. So um, equality and fairness was going to probably feature somewhere. It's also quite conversational because we're hoping that that's what we're going to be able to do with all these episodes is bring people in to the conversations that we're having in the office or online with each other every single day. Just wanted to maybe ask you, Maria, as well, a little bit about the name of the podcast or why you thought when I first pitched the idea of it to you, I suppose during COVID, everybody started a podcast. So why did you think that the world needed one more podcast and that it should be from the Pills Project? Well, if you were in this office on a Monday morning, um, about the first maybe 10, 15 minutes of the conversation are usually between all of us about which podcast we've been listening to in recent days. Uh, giving each other recommendations, critiquing podcasts that we've listened to. So I think we're all personal fans of a podcast. Um, and so I do think it is one of the more popular mediums um, in today's world of getting your message and your information out there in a bit more long form and constructive of a way sometimes than other mediums might allow for. Um, so, yeah, I think I was very much um, behind the idea. Would love to think that I might one day be able to um, edit and comment and host a podcast the way you can, Emma, but that, let's face it, is probably never going to happen. So uh, this is a small part that I can play in terms of shaping the idea and hopefully um, we'll, it'll be the first of many successful series of the podcast. So the idea, obviously, for the name, to be fair, and I, um, we had a bit of a laugh with it because if you are uh, a native of this uh, part of the world, you'll know that um, the pronunciation of now uh, can sometimes be a little different in parts um, of the north. So uh, to be fair, and I might also uh, be read by someone as to be fair, and I. <laughs> so that was part and parcel of the reason behind the name. But we think that it very aptly covers what we hope it will cover um, as the series goes on. I should have mentioned at the very beginning as well that we are recording this in Community House in our office here. And I say that not just because there might be a bit of 
background office related noise at some point there could be doors opening the phone might ring um so just to explain that just in case but also um i think it's a nice way to be able to introduce what's going to happen throughout the rest of the series because community house is a physical hub not just for ourselves but for other human rights organizations as well and all of them um in the human rights partnership are also members of the pills project so i thought hillary might be a nice way as our membership coordinator for you to give i suppose the listeners a bit of a sneak preview as to who the human rights partner organizations are and i suppose how pills's work complements theirs because we're going to be hearing a little bit more about each of those organizations in episodes later on in the series Yeah, definitely. So the Human Rights Partnership is comprised of four different organizations. So PILS plus three. Those organizations are the Participation and Practice of Rights, which we'll probably refer to as PPR, the Committee on the Administration of Justice, which we'll refer to as CAJ, and the Human Rights Consortium, which we'll probably, well, we'll probably just call it the Consortium. And so these organizations obviously do loads beyond what I'm going to highlight here. But as Emma mentioned, they are all members of PILS, so they'll often apply to us for support, either with litigation that they're bringing or prospective litigation, or sometimes in order to facilitate support for cases that are ongoing elsewhere. Um, So we've worked with the consortium in facilitating their support of the Human Rights Commission's case, on the Illegal Migration Act. We've also worked with them to produce a briefing on the Illegal Migration Act and hosted a working group with them and the Committee on the Administration of Justice. We've been involved in various cases supporting them on issues like legacy and the Irish language, and we've worked with them on immigration issues as well. Um, And then PPR is involved in a variety of campaigns, and I know they've used our pro bono services in relation to various issues relating to um, housing. Perfect segue mentioning pro bono services, (laughs) because in, in the way that Community House, I suppose, is a hub for all of us to be able to work together, that in a way mirrors the type of work that the PILS project does because as a membership organization, we can't really do anything in isolation. We're always um, in that partnering role, either between ourselves and an NGO, and particularly when the pro bono services come in between a member organization and at least one, if not more, legal professionals. And Kate, you mentioned earlier on that pro bono was something that was particularly close to your heart and you had set up the pro bono project in the last law firm that you were in as well. So I just wondered if you just wanted to talk a little bit about those partnerships and and why they are so important to PILS in driving the rest of the work that we do and that you and Hillary particularly work on together. I guess one thing to say in terms of pro bono work is the world would be a better place if it didn't have to exist. Um, so whenever we talk about the value of our pro bono work, we're talking about it because it's, it's incredibly valuable, but it is something that people should not have to rely on to sustain and protect their rights. But moving on from that to no, your actual no, question. But no, but it's um, fair. It's a really important thing because in every conversation that we've had as a project, certainly from when I joined, it's always prefaced with that you know that has an asterisk beside it of you know this is not a replacement for a functional fully funded legal aid system so you know it it's important I think to name that at the very beginning that we're not advocating that that's everybody should be working for free all the time so I do think it's important to say it. 
Yeah, and, and alongside legal aid is accessibility, just making our rights and protection of our rights accessible because we should have a system that doesn't necessarily require a lawyer sitting in the middle of it at every stage. We're here for good reason and we have skills and there's a great purpose to us, despite what many might say. Um, but it should be that people are able to protect their own rights without facing a massive legal structure. And I guess that links into another criticism of lawyers is that lawyers are often seen as being detached, removed from the situation, and that's the exact opposite of pills. The project was set up to be within and part of a human rights partnership and to be working in and around other organisations. And in doing that, we're, we're embedded now. We've recently doubled our staff, um, which has allowed us greater capacity to do that in a much more engaged and proactive way. And we're, and we're really starting to see that. We're starting to see we're able to bring in huge more numbers of applications and, and help more people. Um, but it is that idea of us being, yes, in this physical hub, this physical building, it represents the fact that we're trying to create a network. And we have a membership and our register members and joining everyone together because nine times out of ten, having six brains in the room from different perspectives is always going to be far more valuable, especially in the context of strategic litigation, which doesn't exist in a vacuum. It normally exists as part of an overall campaign. So it's a much bigger picture, where, however you look at it. And that idea that litigation is part of the solution, it is not the only thing that people are going to be doing, it is going to be a complementary process potentially to whatever everybody else is doing, whether it's campaigning, whether it's lobbying, whether it's protest, whatever it is. Um, and as well, that idea that we're not here to be gatekeepers to the information. Lawyers are not intended to be gatekeepers. We're here to share it and facilitate it. All of those ideas, I think, are captured quite effectively in one of the latest publications that we've put out. I don't want to trigger Hillary by saying the word toolkit, but <laughs> because it's a bit of project that she has been working on for quite some time. Um, but uh, when we're recording this, um, it is very freshly launched. So I want to give Hilary a bit of a chance to talk about what the toolkit actually is, because it sums up all of those things, Kate, that I think you were just talking about. Yeah, I don't feel triggered by the word toolkit. I'm too excited about it. So that's good. Um, but so the toolkit essentially is an accessible online resource that provides legal information um, on various processes. And um, it's specifically designed for our members, but we also hope that it will just generally be useful to anyone wanting to learn about different processes that might be used. And we can actually hear a wee bit from the toolkit launch event itself. For anybody who's listening in and wasn't able to come down to Two Royal Avenue, you can hear some of what was said and some of the immediate reaction that we got to the toolkit. The voices you'll hear are Maria, yourself, Hilary, and Sean Brady, one of the organisers with our neighbours in PPR. I just want to say a massive thank you, firstly, to Hilary for all her work um, and the guys. So yeah, thank everyone. Toolkit is access to justice. 
this is something that Pills is very passionate about. And a lot of our work has focused on addressing the barriers to litigation, um, largely through the cost barriers and also through legal representation. And now this is adding another feature, which is legal information. And so what we've tried to do with this toolkit is provide accessible legal information on a variety of different issues that are at the heart of public interest litigation. We've essentially tried to create um, a textbook um, that someone who isn't legally trained will be able to understand and use to assist their service users. I'm sure Marissa has been given an organizer's lens on that the whole time from PPR. All those questions are the kind of things that inform our thinking all the time. The tactical application of the law and broader social justice campaigning. And it's great to see it all in a repository. It could be accessed by anyone from anywhere at any time. Still means we're going to be knocking your door Mondays <laughs> and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> breaking up your coffees. You know, so, but it's great to see and it's great to see efforts being made to democratise law in that way. We'll certainly be using it. So that's just a wee bit from the toolkit launch. We're back now, back live in the room. Back to you, Hilary. Yeah, we hope it will be useful to anyone who wants to engage with public interest litigation. And um, now this is not designed to replace PILS's support. We always want to be engaged. And if you have questions, please do reach out to us. And um, we want to provide that support to our members, but we also want to equip them with the knowledge and understanding of the processes so that they can have an idea of what's expected before they take big decisions um, so that they can sit with their service users and explain processes to them um, so that they can consult the guide after they've maybe met with a lawyer and not understood particular things. So as much as we would like to be kind of with our members step by step, it's nice that this resource also exists um, for them to be able to consult whenever they feel like they need that information. And so the toolkit covers um, five different subjects. So one is an introduction to public interest litigation so that members can start to identify when a matter might fall within a public interest litigation issue. Um, the others are on pre-litigation considerations and alternatives that might complement litigation or complement other campaigning strategies. Um, and then we also have a guide on judicial review, a guide on third party interventions and a guide on costs. And so we're going to be rolling out training on these guides. Um, fortunately at the launch, we got really great feedback from our members. And so we're looking at having training in the new year on judicial review and on pre-litigation considerations and options. And so stay tuned for that information. Yeah, so if you're a PILS member, you will hear all about that. Um, but even if you're not a PILS member, as Hilary said, the toolkit is designed to be accessible and usable by everybody. So if you hop onto our website, it's pillsni.org forward slash toolkit. We'll pop a link to that in the show notes as well. So everybody can have a look and see exactly what it is that we're talking about. That is... I suppose, who we are and the sort of things that we're working on. But this series one of the podcast is designed to introduce you 
not only to the, the other organisations that Hillary mentioned that we are neighbours with in this building and that we work with, but also to give you an insight into a few of the issues that at the start of this year we designated as special priorities. And that is all coming up next. Join us in the Pills Project for part two of our bumper introductory episode. And it's all about the human rights infrastructure. To Be Fair NI is a podcast series created by the Public Interest Litigation Support Project. Scripting and editing of this episode is by me, Emma Cassidy. Stay tuned for more conversations with the activists and allies using the law to change lives in Northern Ireland. Thank you.